Blog Talk Radio. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good evening, America. Today is January 12th, 2014. Man, I keep wanting to say 2013, but I think if I do, I will really be behind the times. I want to thank you guys for um, joining the program tonight. And as we've been talking about for the last three weeks, it has been one heck of a nice ride. There's been so much um, conversation and, and questions about exactly how do I manifest? I've received uh, over a hundred emails from you guys in the last week or so, and all of them talking about manifestation and the laws of attraction and how do I manifest real authentic love. I think tonight affords a very special opportunity um, so I can get everybody packed in their seats and um, the tables up because we're going to take off on this thing. The way that we're going to do this is I have a special guest with me this evening that I'm going to bring on in about two minutes, and um, we're we're going to talk about the end result of finding the love of your life and the, the nature of the experience that can evolve through finding such a love. You know, many times we are so busy attempting to reach the end of the road to get to the destination that we lose sight of the most important aspect of it, and that is the journey itself. What we want in life, many of us that don't know any doggone better, we want things quick. We want them in a hurry. We wish that we could drive up to a speaker with a clown, and you know they've blown up the clown, so you probably, that was probably a good hint as to what can happen in your life when you want to drive through life and get blown up just like the clown did. But some of us are still foolish enough to think that, if I can just have it all right now, if I can just skip in line, I don't have to wait. Well, let me wake you up. The things that I talked about last week had a great deal with, to do with positioning yourself for manifestation. Uh, after I conclude this inter- this first part of this interview with this with our guest tonight, I'm going to get knee deep into the metaphysical aspects of utilizing the laws of attraction and how to bring about these things that you have been on a quest for for the last few weeks, months, and years, and for some of you probably lifetime or decades at the minimum, and in order to find this resonating happiness that you think you deserve, but I'm going to tell you something. As all great things, there is a price tag, and that price tag you have to ask yourself, am I really mature enough? Am I ready? Have I positioned myself to have these things that I think that I'm ready to have in my life? 
Well, with that being said, I'm going to bring my guest in because this young lady has written a very, uh, very good book. I think the content is enriching. Having been a person that has um, lost a mother and a father, and with that, I'm an only child, to a, uh, to a battle to, that can't be fought with your money. It can be delayed with your money, but you cannot overcome it with your money. Uh, a battle that all the love in the world can help you transcend, but it will not resolve the circumstances. However, I think this young lady has something very interesting to share with us, and we're going to start the program there, and then after that we're going to continue in our discussion on the laws of attraction. With me this evening I have Glenda Thompson, and Glenda has a a very uh, cool project out. It's um, it, I mean, I'm going to let her tell you about it, but I when I got to when, when I got a chance to start reading it. And, you know, going through the sifter, which I do with anybody before they come on my show, I wanted to really tap into, okay, why, what is it that this sister is talking about that actually makes this something that I think my audience needs to hear? Well, with that said, I did my review, and what I found was just some really cool stuff. Uh, the first thing is that her book, Entrance 7 is the name of the book, had a great deal to do with real, authentic love. It also had something to do with be careful what you ask for because when you get it, you need to be man or woman enough to handle it. The third thing that I liked about the book was that it was transcendent, and it spoke not just to indulging her ego. You know how some people will write a book and it's really a narcissistic voyage into their own uh, discourse. But this book actually was very, um, very heavy. It had a lot to offer in terms of self-reflection, insight, and self-actualization. So with that said, and without further ado, I'd like to bring Linda Thompson to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Good evening, Linda. Good evening, Dr. Young. Thank you so much. It's really my pleasure, my distinct honor to be a part of the discussion this evening for a period of time. Thank you. Well, you're talking to America. You're talking to the Virgin Islands and the Caribbean, and you're talking to Barbados and England and other parts unknown, not to mention different parts of the Middle East. So you have a global audience at your disposal this evening. With that being said, Glenda, what is the one thing in your book that transcends the topography, that transcends the geography, that transcends race, gender, nationality, and all the other things that tend to let us find ourselves strata, um, you know, stratified? What, what is it about this book that brings everyone together? Well, you know, actually, the, the genesis, the book um, is from loss, um, loss of my husband uh, uh, 28 years from cancer. And the book is really about meeting the moment and holding on to it even when it's easier to let go. And so the, the, the nature of what I discussed was um, uh, somewhat therapeutic to me, but what I realized was that 
often we go through, and I listened to an interview you did uh, with the loss of your your mother um, several months ago. You, you touched on that, and I listened to that. Um, we go through loss, and sometimes we even go through a journey as a caregiver, and the focus is always on person going through the issue. Well, my book is really from my own perspective, what I gained from, from, from that experience. Yes, I did gain something. I lost a great deal, but I also gained a great deal in the process. And so I felt compelled to write about um, somewhat an instructional guide for anyone that might have to go through a similar situation. Uh, some of the nuances, some of the, some of the lessons learned, um, whether the outcome is good or whether the outcome turns out to be bad. Um, there, there are no rules to deal with the residual effects of a cancer diagnosis. And so my book is, is, um, is, about, is not necessarily about the disease, but rather the unspoken, undefined residual effects, um, especially with people that are, are, are close, a spouse or a close family member. Um, our outcome was not a happy one, but um, I believe that, that there's so much purpose in this book. And, and I'll just say, um, it was two days after my husband passed that I got a message on his voicemail. I was checking voicemail messages. He had actually reached out. He had mentioned to me months earlier when he was in remission that he wanted to write a book. And I thought, that's great. I'll, you know, we can do this as a joint project. I'll, I'll help out. And we never talked about it. And in the process of his health declining and subsequently him passing, two days after he passed, um, I received a message that was on his voicemail indicating that a publishing company was interested in his story. And it was like he was giving me a directive from heaven telling me I needed to do it because he wasn't able to do it. And so that was the genesis of the book. Okay. I, I wanna, I'm going to take uh, the liberty of advancing a couple of questions your way. The first thing is that, one, and I want everyone listening to the, hear this, death is nothing but another evolution in life. So, though, and trust me, anyone that wants to write and say, Dr. Young, really, well, yeah, really, I buried a nine-year-old son that died from leukemia. I buried, um, you know, mother, father, uh, someone that was just like my brother. So I definitely have um, seen this side of, of the fence. What I want to ask you, Glenda, that is um, kind of fitting with tonight's program. When you look at this situation, and you go back, life is a series of moments strung together in a continuum. I would like for you to give me two moments, or three if you can think of three brief moments, but about to, to maybe a minute and a half, two minutes on each moment, where you could look back and see a moment that you had with Tyrone, where you realize that in that moment it transcended time, circumstances, and situation, and it was something that you knew 
was a very special set of circumstances, a very special season in your life that was transcendent. Give me two of those precious moments. Okay. Um, well, uh, one of the first moments that, that I recall was after his initial diagnosis, I remember um, we, we, we had always gone to church and the, the uh, Sunday before we left to go to Houston, actually, uh, to seek treatment at MD Anderson, um, we, uh, during our prayer time, we went before the altar and we, we held hands really tightly. And um, my, my prayer changed over the course of time. But for that Sunday, I prayed for mercy and total healing. And my prayer changed over the course of the next three years. But with that, every time, I never doubted that God didn't hear me. Um, We had been kind of bound at the hip together, and I do believe that it was intentional. And I do believe that God knew uh, 28 years earlier that we were going to go through this. And for such a time as this, I was able to really feel the love in a way that I had not before because I was living in the moment. Often we get caught up in the day-to-day enterprise. And in love and in relationship, we we fail to be in that moment. Um, with this situation, it forced me to be in that moment. So I had to be what I needed to be for that moment. And I couldn't plan or I couldn't get caught up in the enterprise. And I think that that's lacking from relationships now because that's the thing that brings you closer. Um, The other thing, probably more so than anything, um, the day after he passed away, um, I actually wrote him a letter that I included in his program and I just entitled it A Love Letter to My Husband. And in that, I talked about the fact that um, he, we had gone through something that a lot of people would not have wanted to go through. But I felt that um, the whole situation taught me more patience. It taught me acceptance, and it taught us both about being strong in the midst of adversity in a way that you just don't always experience. And so once you learn to deal with adversity as a team, um, that makes the relationship much richer. And so with that, um, it was all good. Okay, I have one other question, and then we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to continue this monologue that I've been doing on the laws of attraction and manifesting real authentic love in your life. Glenda, before we go to break, give me a two-minute answer on this. What, after having gone through this exercise in humanity, did you learn about the value of real, authentic love. 
well, when when you size yourself up and you think you're a compassionate person and you're thinking you're a loving person, but when you are hit with those types of circumstances, you can learn that you fall short of the mark. What I did learn was that, um, and, and what I hope that people would glean from what I wrote was that um, I was I was always able to accept the challenges, but the illness taught me strength, taught me compassion, and it taught me love beyond what I could ever have felt without the experience. It was a challenge. It was a privilege to have taken the journey. Um, we were both stronger uh, than we thought we could be, and um, life would go on, and I began a whole new journey without him. And I'd be okay. Okay, Glenda, one last thing, and then, Julia, go ahead and cue this up right after the music after she um, answers this question, if you please. I want to ask you this this very pressing question, and this probably the, this is going to help someone that's listening right about now. Did you learn that true love transcends time, circumstances, stress, situations, even happiness, but have you loved that true love even transcends death? Absolutely. How so? That is absolutely the case, yeah. With that stated, Julia, go ahead and take us a break. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young, and we'll be right back in about 50 seconds. Conversations with Dr. Devon Young, and I have a special guest with me, Glenda Thompson, who will be joining us before we leave here uh, tonight to give you her contact information as well as a website. But the reason why I wanted to uh, <clears throat> get this thing done, and, and before I even say that, I want to send a special thank you out to Brendan Jackson. Uh, a long-term friend who uh, turned me on to this young lady. But the reason I wanted to have this thing go down is that many of you are sitting there almost like watermelon man on a back porch spitting seeds across in the sand thinking that zippity-doo-dah, zippity-yay, here comes a nice love relationship my way. And that is a bunch of... What's the word I want to use? Can't use that word. Julia already got on to me about using that word. So I will use another word, bull species. So let's get you in a position where you can actually have something that you deserve come your way in life. Now, I'm going to talk about manifestation from utilizing the laws of attraction. As you know, for the last week, 
I went through a couple of little things where I was telling you the first thing is that you are in the right place at the right time. So for those of you that are getting some extra glue and some new hair stuck to your head or you running out putting that uh, brown or black wrench in your mustache, stop it. You don't need to do all of that in order to find real authentic love. As a matter of fact, for you to position yourself to get what you deserve in this life, the first thing that you must recognize is the value that you have in you. You know, Prayer is a thing that many of us have really misconstrued, and let me explain what I mean by that. There are basically five forms of prayer, all right? Now, the first form, or should I say mode, is that colloquial prayer. You know that prayer, the one where you are talking to God about your wish list and the things that you would like for him to leave under your tree, because the reason I'm saying under your tree is many of you have created a pseudo-deital figure that looks somewhat like yourself but wears a uh, crimson Versace robe like Charleston Heston wore when he was uh, doing the Ten Commandments, and that has become your God. For the rest of you, it is the Anglo picture of Jesus hanging up in your grandmother's kitchen. And for some of you people that are just really weird, there's no telling what you are worshiping, anything from a furry bunny to Barney. But the truth be told is what is your prayer being directed toward and who and is it a who you're directing your prayer toward? Well, we know colloquial prayer is typically directed to, like I said, this mythic, mystic being that is sitting back judging you or getting ready to just ask you what else do you want and give it all to you. And in exchange for your petition, you write checks and give it to uh, Brother Cantaloupe and Sister Watermelon down at the church, and you still are sitting in the same house itching, broke, and disgusted. So we know that form of prayer is really not working. The second one is the petitionary prayer, and that's the one we are all most familiar with where we are just asking God, asking God, God, heal this person, God, kill that person. And some of you in the same breath are asking for God to bring you a new wife or a, a new husband when you have a husband and a wife, and I don't even really understand that one. And then there's also that ritualistic prayer. You know the one, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray, you know, that one or the other uh, many cadence-oriented prayers that all religions around this planet say, and these things are so superficial, and you guys are wondering why they don't work. Well, I'm here to tell you. You may feel they work, but some of you are confusing prayers with affirmations, and we'll talk about that later. But for the other 95% of you people that are listening that are sane and wondering, okay, you know what, Dr. D, on the real, man, I have been asking God for a lot of stuff, and I'm not getting it, and especially when it falls in the area of love, a mate, and a relationship. Okay, let's get into the why. You know, when I wrote the book, Another Chance, Where Would You Be Without One? Um, I was so pleased that the critics in New York actually realized why I wrote it. They said that the book reminded them of the secret, but it also it had the answers instead of the illusions. And others said that the book reminded them of conversations with God, but it was really teaching you how to hear God's voice for real. Uh, another comment that I got back on that book, it was like purpose-driven life, and it was giving you the directions on where to drive your life. So with all of that said, now I'm going to give you the key to 
effective manifestation in prayer. First of all, this next form of prayer, some of you, those of you that are enlightened, those of you that have been studying, meditating on the on the word, listening to programs like this one, or listening to Abraham Hicks and Louise Hay and some other people that actually know what they're talking about to a degree, meditative prayer is one of the closest and most authentic forms of prayer. Now, I know some of you church folk are sitting there going, oh, Lord, that's the devil. Turn the radio off. Hang on, fool. I'm fixing to help you too. The truth is meditative prayer is actually the most authentic form of prayer. It is the most authentic because it is a prayer in which you are doing more listening to God than talking. Let's face it. Why do you think your creator gave you two ears and one mouth? Well, it doesn't take Einstein to uh, ascertain. He wants you to listen twice as much as you talk. As a matter of fact, I will take this even further for those of you that need to have scriptorial referencing in order to authenticate anything I say. People perish for a lack of knowledge. Where do you think I got that from? Another thing is, in all you're getting, get understanding. Where do you think that I got that one from? Another one says, seek me diligently daily, be at my gate awaiting me, for my fruit is better than the purest of silver and the finest of gold by me, judges judge and king's decree. Well, where do you think I got that from? That is the absolute irrefutable proof that meditation is the highest form of prayer because in everything that I just said to you, it requires that you get an understanding. Now, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Hang on and keep your pen and paper handy. The next thing, if we want to go and, and modernize some quotes, go to the Christian Bible, to the book of Corinthians, Corinthians in the 13th chapter. In uh, Corinthians, in the 13th chapter, you will find something that is very, very interesting. And, and I always like to um, use these um, – I want to I use the right word, the quotations that I'm going to give you. I like to use them in an appropriate manner and because if I don't, some buffoon – is going to misquote them and, and bamboozle you. So I want you to check this out, okay? It, it says, and, and I'm just going to go off the top of my head, it says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, and I do not have love, I am but a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. I think a clanging symbol, excuse me. Uh, I think another one, another verse says something that if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and possess all knowledge, if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. It says if I give all I possess, to the poor and give my body over the hardship that I might boast and I don't have love. I gain nothing. And then it goes even further, and I believe it says something to the effect that love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud. As you just heard this sister say just a minute ago, uh, love does not, and it can stand the test, but it also does not dishonor, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. So you already know right about now, half y'all that are listening have already blown love because you're sitting up pissed off about something that you shouldn't and somebody that you probably shouldn't even be with. And then it says love does not 
not delight in evil. Okay, I just lost half of the people that were listening right there. But if uh, if that one hits you, just sit in the chair, look straight ahead, especially if you're in the company of others. No one will know I'm talking about you. But check this out. Love never fails. Now, you're going, Dr. D, I tuned into your show to listen to some metaphysics and the laws of attraction. Okay, calm down. Get your pressed ham sandwich. Get you another sip of the moonshine. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Now, here's where I'm going with that. In that fifth mode of prayer, and this is the one that is going to be rooted and the laws of attraction. And for those of you religious zealots out there, sit down and learn something before you start trying to quote what you halfway know, right? I, here's what I'm going to drive at. First, our ability to bring manifestation, to use the laws of attraction, to invoke metaphysical principles, and biblical principles, which happen to be one and the same for those of you that don't know this, it begins with passion. That's right. Now, who would have thought it? I am a scientist. I am a, I am a hardcore empiricist. With me, I am a believer that if it is scientifically correct, I can replicate the outcome in various sets of circumstances, which is the core definition for something that has been proven scientifically. In other words, I use in my practice the MBTI instrument, which is the Myers-Briggs type instrument, right? Well, I don't care if you are a pygmy or you that little guy in the jungle going talking like that, I don't care what you do, you are either an introvert or an extrovert. You either understand and orient to the world through introversion or extroversion. You either are sensing or you are intuitive. You make decisions either based on your feelings or on your logic. So that instrument, no matter where I put it to a test, withstands investigation and inquiry. Another lesson to you as we explore the laws of manifestation, the truth does not mind inquiry. As a matter of fact, it honors it. So inquire on what I'm getting ready to teach you. The basis of feelings is what you cause to spawn manifestation for that which you are seeking. Now, I already know I have probably a 60% uh, Christian-based or familiar with audience listening. So before I have you guys start thinking you're going to catch on fire for hearing what I'm telling you, I'm going to give some examples. This woman with an issue of blood walked up to Jesus. She touched him. Dude said, whoa, hey, hang on, I just felt virtue leave me, right? The reason it happened was this woman had an expectancy driven by her passion to the degree that when she didn't even touch him, but she touched what he was wearing, she got what she, uh, she attracted, let me put it another way, that which she was seeking, right? I'm going to give you another one. Another man walks up, and he says, you know what? Man, I am a commander in the Roman army, 
And I know that if I give an order to one of my men, he must go and carry it forth, as I have said. So you, being who you are, if you would just say that my child be healed, he'll be all right. And when this commander came again, so this is all for you Christian religious nuts that are listening to my show. Hopefully I will convert you from being a zealot to someone that's just wise, which will serve you much better. What he did was he said to him, this is what I come to you because I have already set it into the universe that this is what I want, this is what I believe, and I have put my faith with my works, and now I have an expectation of action. When that man returned home, his son, who was dead, they told the servant, said, right about the same time you were talking to him, this kid got okay. Okay, that's your second burden of proof. And I know for some of you, I could be standing here with, uh, with the man with four holes and you still wouldn't believe what I'm about to tell you. But I need you, uh, just for the sake of playing like you are listening, to continue edifying and educating yourself this evening. Now, here is what I want to tell you. As a scientist, every cell in your body is pre-programmed to reproduce all the content of your body. So in other words, yes, I can take a hair follicle, I can take a flake of your skin, I can even take some dandruff out your head, and once I take that, within it is your DNA. You know that stuff that they convict people and send them to jail on and acquit some with the same message? Well, that messenger, your DNA, is intelligent, it is alive, and it resonates in every aspect of your being. Now, Dr. D, why are you telling me this? Well, I'm telling you that because your DNA is activated in the spiritual realm with a technology known as prayer. That's right. You, you know, and you're going to what? Yes, it is a technology. It is proven. I was doing some research this weekend, and if you look at the scenes and you look at the Emperor Constantine, this crazy buffoon edited out 40 books from the Bible or more. And when he and and for those of you that read the Quran and the Ching and what have you, if you check your various cultural cultures, you will find that some of the same stuff has been happened to massage the very text that you read. Likewise, okay. Anyway, keep listening because I'm going somewhere with this. The reason I am sharing that information with you, and I don't care if you call God Allah, I don't care if you call him Yahweh, Yeshua, Jesus, whatever you want to call him, he is God. He is definitely God, and he does exist. So all of the religious dogma that we attach to religion is really hindering you from connecting with the God that you're trying to have manifestation take place with. Now, how does that tie into DNA? Here's how it ties into DNA. The way that that ties into DNA is that this technology that I'm referring to is the exquisite design of the human condition that combines your mind, your body, and your soul. Now, why is that important? To tell you why it's important, the first thing is that those things work in an order. And what you will understand is that your thoughts and your emotions create what you know to be feelings. 
Okay, remember that. Now, if you if you miss some of this, go back and listen to the archive of last week's show to catch you up. But for those of us that have been following this, you just keep paying attention. For those of you that don't know it, this program as well as all of them are archived for your convenience. So get your pen out when you get it, and you can connect some dots. Because you, if you miss last week's show, you probably aren't going to be able to tap into where I'm going with this. And for you astute, really bright people, or those of you that just have plain old common sense, you're going to nail this. Now, when you take your thoughts and these feelings you get emotions. If you take your emotions and your feelings, you can direct your thoughts. Okay, all of these things are in harmony with one another because I want you to think about this. Can you see a feeling? No, you can't. Okay, it's unseen. Can you see an emotion? No, you cannot. It is likewise unseen. Can you see a thought? No, you cannot. It is likewise unseen. I told the story last week about a man that went to um, Tibet, and he wanted to have a meeting with an abbot, and he did, and he asked the abbot, he said, you guys reach such a high state of meditation. How do you do it? How do you get to this place where you have this transcendence and you are totally residing in peace? And if you remember another spiritual tenet that says, mark the perfect man for all of his actions result in peace. And if you remember when Jesus was transfigured and he got ready to leave the earth, what did he tell you? I leave with you my peace. Now, remember, all of this is coming together and it's all connecting to the laws of manifestation and how you can start using them starting this evening to bring to you what you want in your life. Checkmate. We're going to take it to another example. There was a yogi, and I'm not talking about, hey, boo-boo, yogi to bear you, dodo. I'm talking about a yogi as in the Hindu aspect of a holy man. He was standing doing a demonstration at a university here in America. He took uh, someone, take a knife and pierce him. When he was pierced with the knife, not one drop of blood came out. Now, I'm going to be the first to tell you, I'm diabetic. And when I go and check my sugar and I poke myself a little bit, the blood comes out. This dude got pierced with a knife, the equivalent of a steak knife, and did not bleed. So everybody in the room's mesmerized, caught up, until some yo-yo comes in and says, I don't believe that shit, you know. And when he does it, all of a sudden the guy starts bleeding and, and it's because just like my boy stepped out on the water and he got distracted, he started to sink. The yogi, when he got distracted, he started to bleed. But just like my boy that stepped on the water that started to sink, he composed himself just like the yogi composed himself, and the blood stopped flowing instantly. Now, again, Dr. D, what does that have to do with the laws of attraction? Glad you asked. The laws of attraction begin by your passion being mixed with your emotion and manifested by applied thought. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. The laws of attraction begin when your emotion matched with your passion, your feelings start being deployed through thoughts. Now, your first evidence of this is 
this woman wanted to stop bleeding. She was passionate about wanting to stop bleeding. She was sick and tired. So see, sometimes anger is a good thing when you get angry about the right stuff because it will motivate you to have passion. And if your thoughts go from killing Tyrone to leaving Tyrone, then you feel better. You immediately start getting on course in order to meet what destiny has coming your way. Another example of this is when your passion and your emotion get together and your thought becomes applied thought, all of a sudden that which you seek immediately has no restriction toward coming to you. But here's your problem. Your problem is, and and I'm going to relate this to those of you who are trying to find love in your life at this very moment, and the only thing that you can find is despair, unhappiness. You keep saying, I want to meet a man, and you've gone everywhere from adult finder to eHarmony to Match.com, and you've met a pervert, somebody that was desperate and just another freak trying to get with you, and that was what you got for your outcome. But here's why it didn't work for you. First of all, you were not fully there. You weren't consistent. How can you attract something to you that you are wishy-washy about? How can you get a good man or a good woman in your life if you don't believe that they're going to come? So now you don't pull your drawers down and took a picture of your whatever and put it on adult finder You've gotten so desperate, you've written out a short biography and put it on eHarmony, or you own, well, some of y'all still on Black Planet. For my Anglo listeners and those of you in other company, countries, that was a website that had some very interesting ghetto folks on it. But the point I am making is how can you get these things without having a reason for having them? See, the issue is not in what you want for many of you. For many of you, the issue is in why you want it. See, there's some rules to this game. The laws of attraction do not work when your desires attach to greed. So if you, I I want some million dollars, I bet you do. For what? All you're going to do is go smoke it up. You're going to be just like on Dave Chappelle and go buy the world's biggest crack rock. You're going to go out and make it rain over at the club. You know, you're going to, you're going to be the guy that's applying to the East Festival. You're going to be the person, the woman that's all red-bottom shoes everywhere you get in purses and more, more bags I have from the little Asian lady. No, that is not why you get prosperity. Some of you, you are wanting a woman to replace what? Your mother? You, you had a woman. How did you treat her? This last woman you had, when she got with you, I'm, I'm going to give you a good example of this. Go and look at George Bush's wife when she was young, George Bush Sr., and look at that woman later. You, you're going to be as a damn shame what that man did to that woman. I mean, you look at people, and you didn't treat what you already had right. Why would God give you anything more? I mean, would you give to your child more if he didn't appreciate that which he already had? No. 
So the universe is not going to supply to you what you're asking for when you're not appreciating what you already have. So the next lesson is if you want the laws of attraction and manifestation to work, you must appreciate it. You must appreciate that which you already have, okay? Next lesson. When you decide that you desire something to come from the unseen into the seen realm, and for you Christian folk that are still tripping, have you ever heard the phrase, call those things that are not as though they are? So that's another proof that the laws of attraction are practiced all throughout Christianity. That's how Jesus manifested everything. If you read, you will see that everywhere he went, all that came to him were healed. All. All means if you came to him and you had cooties, you got healed. If you came to him and you was crazy, you got healed. If you can't, yeah, that means there's hope for some of you, some of your friends. You know, if you came to him and you had anything happening but disbelief, you were healed. If you've heard this, uh, another law of manifestation statement, if you have the faith, the grain of a mustard seed, right? So here's the next thing. You have to attach that which you want to something. Isn't that something? In other words, once you've attached that desire that you are trying to attract, in this case a person, have you sat down and thought about the traits that you need to get rid of in your character, the behaviors you need to get rid of in your character, and those that you seek in a mate so that you can have love in your house? Because let's face it, two fools ain't going to make it. I don't care how fine this man is and he bow-legged and got good hair. Okay, good. He's crazy. So are you. Ain't going to work. You have to be that which you seek. And to find what you seek in someone else, first, let's start by listing what you like about yourself. And I didn't say dislike what you like. Now let's list what you need to get rid of. And now let's make sure that what you seek in another person is going to help bring both of you to a place of wholeness and to a place of love. This is called a vibrational match. The law of attraction will always put people together that are a vibrational match. And I'm going to show you something. Crackheads do this all the time. So do winos. Go anywhere where they sell dope. And I don't care if you live in a million-dollar house. It's still right around the corner, baby. Go anywhere. And you're going to see the two crackheads and hooked up, two powderheads and hooked up, two ecstasy heads and hooked up. The law of attraction working because these two people had a passion. That's why crackheads walk so fast. They're passionate. You know, that, that passion was driving them to go get that hit. And they got together with somebody, and that person had $3, and that person had grandmama silverware, and between the two of them, they were smoking. Well, you can have a smoking relationship. I'm not talking about with no dope, but I'm talking about a really good relationship that sets your heart on fire if you match your passion with that which you seek, okay? Next thing. Now, use your imagination. You've been using it for years, but this time use it for a good reason. I said to you last week that you're, well, you were being guided 
and that your spirit, the you, you know, when I made the statement, God knew you before you were ever established in your mother's womb is a very true statement. That's the you that you need to connect with, and that you is inside of you. It is well alive, and this is how you know that it is working. When you go somewhere and you get that on the back of your neck, that's, that's that part of you. You know that part of you that told you, oh, hell no, and you went ahead and married this fool anyway. You went ahead and went and got in the car with them folk, and then you wondering why you sitting up at 2.30 in the morning at a party that sucks with a bunch of people doing something strange for some change. You knew. Something told you don't get in the car. Something told you don't marry this fool. But you did not listen. So now, if you want the laws of attraction to work for you, heed that small voice that speaks to your spirit. The other thing, it's okay. It's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to find out what you don't want. It's okay. Because in knowing what you don't want, you are guided toward that which you do need and want. I had someone tell me, you know, I have people constantly ask me, they were like, Dr. Young, man, you're a relationship expert, man. You're writing all these books. Why aren't you married? Hell, I don't want to be married, <laughs> you know. It's because I understand the value of love and the power. You do not play with people. And I would tell any woman or any man, you don't have to go putting Debbie's on folks to get a good relationship. As a matter of fact, if you do the very things I'm telling you, you know, see the vision, write it down, make it plain. Make sure that when you're checking off the naughty and nice list that you wrote down your naughty and you're checking off your naughty and that you are embellishing your nice. I'm telling you to make sure you have a passion and that you're wanting these things for the right reasons. I'm telling you, operate from a place where you have appreciation for that which you already have because this universe responds to that appreciation and this technology. That's right. Prayer is not, and I'm going to plagiarize a dead Asian that was up at hanging out with the Dalai Lama. The brother said it right. He said, you cannot see a prayer. He said, all the chanting and all of the rituals that you see us doing are not the prayer. It's positioning us to get into a state of resonance where we are in tune and in sync and in harmony with that which we seek. So for those of you that are running to the church because you like the choir and, uh, you know, you like you got a pastor that can moonwalk and, you know, talk in tongues and he got, you know, had dreadlocks, had jerry curl, whatever, it's, that's not it. All of that stuff, we, let, me, let me give you another one. We get the word hymn, like the hymn we sing, from the word hymn. And the word hymn is where we get the word hymen, you know, like a virgin. I know some of y'all are virgin. What is that? That's this thing that a woman used to be that hadn't had sex when you married them, but they're pretty much extinct now. But a, uh, but when you, you – they had a hymen, right? And, oh, come on now. Some of y'all ain't y'all ain't had a hymen since you were since you nine. But when they had a hymen, and the hymen is a place of breakthrough. That's why when you broke – through the time when you were in communion with one another and, and, and copulation, right? Well, when you sing a hymn, 
you're singing it to break through your and transcend your carnal state so that you can get to an ethereal place and have a connection with the divine. In the same way, you have to break through belief. See, this technology of prayer, which is an applied technology, it resonates with your DNA. And I'm going to talk about this a lot on our next episode, probably on Wednesday. But what happens is you are already pre-designed for manifestation, that which is not seen. You can call things that are not as though they were, but you have to have an activation system that kicks in to cause resonance in order to bring manifestation to that which you seek. And when you do such, and, and that's when you, when you heard me talking to our guest this evening, the one thing that you heard me say um, tonight to her was that, and, and it was the last question that I asked her. I said, Glenda, did love transcend death? Did it transcend frustration? Did it transcend time? And you heard her say, despite the loss, or, and I'm not going to say the loss because her husband is just as much with her as he was with her. He's just with her in a different form. But what you heard her say was, yes, transcendence took place. And see, that is the epitome of love because love is a power. It is not this, you know, this little fat cherub with a, uh, with a pillow made shaped like an arrowhead on a feathery arrow that he pops you in the butt and you skip off amorously with someone. That's not love. Love is a power. It is an unlimited potential. It is an unchallengeable force. It is an unrelentless power. It is something that transcends time and space. It is boundless. It cannot be contained. You know why? Because God is love. And the same God that spoke everything into existence, that created and fashioned the heavens and the universe and the stars and all these planetary systems and created that template that resides in every part of you, you know how they say the sum is no greater than its individual parts, and every individual part of you has a replication of the totality which is you, which is your DNA. Isn't that deep? Well, when you activate that resonating factor, and you call these things that are not as though they were through these unseen things, thought, feeling, and emotion. You activate a resonance of passion, which causes manifestation to immediately go out into the ethers. And that which you spoke must come back to you until you invalidate it. That's why God made the statement of what he said. His word would never return void, and what you forgot was whose image you are created in. In other words, one reason you are not manifesting anything is you are forgetting who you are. You are forgetting that the same God that created you, and again, for you church folks, so I don't get any, any letters from you, Jesus even said, that which I do. You can do that and even greater things if you would just believe. I'm going to take about a 50-second break, and we're going to come back with Glenda Thompson. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young.
music is by the illustrious Mr. Kyle Turner. That is my dear, dear friend. What's up, Kyle? Okay, we're right back. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Glenda Thompson, are you back with us? I am. I am. I so enjoyed the program. Hey, Glenda, I before we get out of here, a couple of things that I want to do. First thing, I want to thank Brendalyn Jackson for hooking you up with us and for you hooking up with us. This is um, you know, the the book that you wrote. And I'm and the reason I'm not really talking about the book cuz I want y'all to go out and buy the book, okay? And I also thank want you, you to contact this woman so she can come speak to your group in person because she has something to teach you and it's not about death it's really about life and and when that moment comes to your life as it came to glenda's life maximizing that moment and being ready to meet that moment with the better part of yourself glenda how can people buy your book okay you can actually buy the book on amazon.com and uh, you can also purchase the book at barnesandnobles.com. Um, we've got lots of copies out there. And um, we're pretty much um, on track to get it wherever you are. That sounds great. Now, Glenda, if somebody wants to, and I'm insisting that they do it, uh, to get a chance to just reach out to you, because they need that support or that love or need you to share a word, how can they reach you? Okay, great. Um, well, there are three ways to reach me. Uh, you can tweet me at Glenda M. Thompson. Uh, you can email me, Glenda, at gesturesmarketing.com, and that's with a G, G-E-S-T-U-R-E-S, marketing.com. Um, and you can reach me directly at 817-907-5934. Again, that's... Repeat that seven. number. Okay, 817-907-5934. Cool, cool. And the last thing I want to ask, Glenda, do you have any speaking engagements or... Uh, if someone wanted to book you for one, I'm quite sure they can contact you. But are, do you have anything happening in the near future on the horizon for this year that we need to be on the lookout for? You know, at this time, I do have – well, I have a book signing uh, locally. I'm based in Fort Worth, Texas. I have a, a, book, a book signing at one of the few uh, remaining black-owned bookstores in North Texas, the Docks. And um, we're scheduled to do that um, in February. We're uh, working out the date. Beyond that, I am open to whatever the universe has for me. I know that uh, this, my my whole focus is not necessarily for you to buy the book, but to receive the blessing. So um, I'm confident that uh, God will add the increase and. I will be able to connect to the people that really need this. Hey, that's really cool. Glenda, thank you for being on the program tonight. And the door is open, and we look forward to talking to you in the near future. Thank you so much. I look forward to it. Thank you very much. 
All right. All right. Now, uh, America, I want to do the last bit of this thing for you. I'm going to give you some how-tos, okay? Get your pen and paper out, and we're going to make this brief. Uh, Julia, I'll have this wrap probably in five minutes or less, hopefully less, but give me five. The first thing is write down that which you want and find reasons that you really want it. And I'm going to give an example of that because I know I just confused the hell out of some of y'all. Here's the thing. Let's say that you are a woman and you want a husband, okay? You want a husband. Don't want a husband because your children are the only kids and ain't got no daddy at the school. That is not why you want a husband. Likewise, you don't want a husband just so he can help you pay your bills. You know, this is so sad. I had a client in my office one day, and this woman is making all these plans off this other man's money. She ain't got nothing to offer him but her drawers on the floor. Child, if you want a husband, before you can get a husband, don't you need to first be a wife? In the word it says, those gather those men that are elders to be elders. In other words, you got to be the Proverbs 31 because if not, you're going to be, you're going to get Boaz, all right. You're going to get Poaz, Boaz. You're going to get Saraz, Boaz. You know what I'm saying? You need to make sure that when you decide that you want anybody, you know why you want them in your life. If the only reason you want someone in your life is because you're lonely, you're not ready. You know, and, and listen to last week's show. I gave a whole list of why you ain't ready. Or if you want to go uh, Great Day Houston and and uh, Google Dr. D. Von Young on Great Day Houston. I talked about that on CBS last week. The next thing is don't have a specific person in mind that you want. I mean, you may have met them. You They may even be in your proximity. But allow the universe to play its hand in because that, um, you know, you can be hopeful and you can believe what you want. But the one thing you must believe is that this person will come into your life. And when you do that, let the universe be the person to urge them. You don't need to be fellas sending her no chocolates and panties. That that ain't it, bro. Just be that which you seek. And that applies to you too, ladies. If you want a gentle man, be a gentle woman. If you want a compassionate man, be a compassionate woman. If you want a man with some character and integrity, be a woman of character and integrity. Second thing, you can make a vision board, you know. Now, some of you bozos are going to go out there and put wedding pictures and rings on the board, and you're going to be right, you're going to be just like Kim Kardashian and Chris Humphrey. You're going to look like a, a hot mess when you get finished. The vision board I'm talking about is put a nice home on it. Put a nice meadow or vacation spot or spots on it. If your children are gone, if you want children, put some children playing in a playground on it. 
Make sure you put a college campus on there, too, so your badass kid won't be breaking in my crib. <laughs> you know, I'm just kidding. But put all of that on there because for you to manifest some of these things, the vision board isn't a wish list. It's there. It's kind of like that I told that man in Tibet. He was like, you know what? The chimes aren't the prayer, homie. The incense in the prayer, it, all it's doing is it's putting us in a state of, of desire, in a state of resonance, in a pre state of predisposition to receive because that is what we have motivated our emotions by. That's deep, isn't it? This thing is definitely emotional. All right? Next thing I want to throw your way, and then we'll, Julia, we'll be out of here in about two minutes. Make sure that as all these people I mentioned earlier, they did not one minute think, oh, I might stop bleeding if I see him. Well, if I don't, shit, I don't know. It wasn't like that. The man never went, I think he can heal me, but maybe he can't. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Hell, I don't know. It's not. This is not little black Sambo. That's not how this is going to go. You have to believe and believe consistently. God does not do part-time lovers. You probably do, but he doesn't. And last and certainly not least, call those things that are not as though they were. You do not wait until, and, and I know a lot of y'all's football teams aren't even playing right now, but if you ever watch football, you don't see the guy throw the ball after the man gets down to the field. To buy, hey, I'm throwing it to you. The minute the ball is snapped, they put it in the air. So the minute you snap your prayer or that which you want into the realm of desire, from that moment forth, Know that it's going to hit its mark. Know without hesitation, without reservation, that woman knew if I touch him, I will be okay. That woman that went and they said, you know what, woman, you ain't a Jew, you dig? You know, this is, I, this is a, you, you a dog, get out of here. And, he said, and the woman looked at him and said, you know what, I may be a dog, but even a dog gets the crumbs from the master's table. So no matter how you're feeling right about now, you may feel like a dog, you may even be one, but it's okay. The minute that you accept that the same God that spoke the heavens and the earth into existence is inside of you, and, and, and the minute that you accept that you are not in this world, you are part of it, and you're part of the source of it, and you're part of what created it, and what created it is part of you. You can declare that which you want. You can call those things that are not as though they are. Anyway, Wednesday, I'm going to still be on this subject, but you might want to listen to this one. You can stop doing something strange for some change, folks. I'm going to be talking about how to manifest wealth and money into your life. And I am not talking about I'm going to send you no little bottle of oil and no, and no prayer cloth. It ain't that kind of party, folks. So, you know, we're not going there. But what I am going to show you is that you have a virtual escrow waiting on you. All those prayers and all those requests for money and for funds and for increase. They've already been answered. So Wednesday, I'm going to be teaching you how to get yourself out the way so that you can receive not some but all that God has for you. 
This has been Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. I love you. Have an awesome week. I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Good night now.